Hi everyone, I'm Nick Kirkenmeister from Heartland Wines and we're coming to you today from the back room at Wolfie's Records on McGill Road and I'm really lucky to have with me today a perfect snapshot of Nord. We're starting out by introducing Ida from Orb Hair and Beauty and most of you are going to know her anyway and <laughs> also from a different angle we're lucky enough to have Amir from Core Health physio and pilates i always want to get that backwards i figure if you do enough pilates you don't have to worry so much about the physio but uh, either way they're both an important way to stay healthy so guys thank you so much for joining us here today you're welcome (laughs) thank you for having us i want to start by asking i suppose a really general question what is it that you think makes a local what is it about this community about the people who live here that makes the people individual and special? What makes this different? No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think, um, you know, it's so community-based and it's it's great. There's there's a lot of things, there's a lot of elements that make make that up. But I just think to be able to, you know, it it is like I do everything here in Norwood. Um, I live, I work, I shop and so it's quite, you know, you get to know a lot of people and it's, it's, it's nice when you're walking down the road, it's like, hi, hi, you know, that's, that's a sort of feel good, it's community and yeah, I think that there's a lot of attributes that make um, feeling a local um, but you know, if I'm going out for dinner or, you know, going out for a drink, it'll be local so it is what it is it's, and especially now. It's not like you can get out very much. That's so true. It's like easy to go for a walk, come back. I think um, when I I, I grew up in the neighbourhood and it's a word we throw around a lot. We talk about multicultural, but certainly when you walk around the neighbourhood, there are people from so many walks of Mm. life, so many different backgrounds. And uh, just walking up and down the parade getting something to eat, there are so many different, uh, very real opportunities to Mm. experience it. One thing that you two share is that you really get to know, you don't have customers, you have clients, you have people, you have patients, people who are coming back to you time and time again, and you really are forming meaningful relationships, people that you may end up knowing over decades. I think that's a very delicate balance, isn't it? So how do you keep those relationships at once professional but friendly? How how do you manage to evolve those relationships? I think it's exactly how Ida just described it. The diversity is all about Norwood. So when you're looking at Norwood, you've got houses that are in the six and seven figures next door to units. It's exactly the same type of personalities we're coming across in our clinic or in our businesses. You've got patients or clients that needs you on the acute, immediate solution. And the other ones that wants to stay there for the prevention method, for the acquaintance that we have developed slowly and gradually into a very strong trust building relationship and then suddenly you're becoming one of the locals you're becoming one of the diversity that you see around the shopping center or around the small shops around the parade or part of the um, christmas pageant or part of the the wine festival or part of the uh, uh, food and festival Mm. It's, it's any anything that happens on the parade you're becoming part of it and as such the diversity is the milestones and the keystones of the parade. And Ida, you're, you're seeing those relationships evolve over a long time. Uh, do you see that diversity? I mean, absolutely. I've, as I've, um, 
I've been in business for 26 years, Orb's been there for 26 years, and I started my apprenticeship there. So I have amazing relationships with clients that have been literally decades. <laughs> and it's it's just, it's great because there's also the variation of older client base, but also a new client base um, with younger team and stuff like that. So there's that constant change. So you've got to think on your feet. You're also going to be, you know, you're there for someone to listen to or t- to listen to someone or just be heard. And, um, you know, I think that's that constant change all the time. You know, you've got lots of people walking through in our business, um, walking through the door and at all different ages, all different walks of life. Um, and, yeah, it's just about treating everyone the same and building relationships like that. It's, it's great. I mean, you were talking before about becoming a part of the community and actually adding to that uh, uh, diaspora, that, that, that interesting sort of spread of what we have here. Your story is, I think, a little bit interesting and unique, and I, I don't want to, to try and push you on this, but I'd really like you to sort of share how you came to be here with us and uh, you know, I, I, I you know professional cycling having your own business it's it's a it's it's a long and I think an interesting story come on it can be interesting but I'm not sure that's what your viewers or listeners actually <laughs> want I, I think if you'll take it on the whole paradigm of what would be really interesting is is the fact of people hearing the word impossible of people hearing the word never will be and that's, I think, how we build our clinic or my clinic pretty much on the foundation of it is don't ever agree with you will never be able to or it's impossible for you to do so. And I think when you are coming from the foundation of whatever, whenever you are reaching a wall that you, will, you think that you'll never be able to penetrate or go over or an obstacle or a, channel, a challenge, I think this is pretty much where we come across and say, well, we'll help you come across. So we've seen the difficulties that others have experienced of achieving the what everyone else is calling impossible. And we probably will find a way to actually make you get there, I think. Isn't that part of having your own business? You have to have this self-belief, this sense that you can overcome the impossible because I think it's one of the bravest things a person can do is go out there on your own and, and, and try and create something yourself. I know I've had many sleepless nights wondering whether or not uh, we'd make it another year, another month, another week, but equally you have these wonderful euphoric moments where you think, yes, I've done this, I've achieved this, I've accomplished this. Doing that within the community here, do you, do you get the sense that you know, you're part of something greater, that you're actually you know, helping to grow the community in that way? Absolutely, I think, and, and from what I know, I can't tell it. I know all very well. You can just need, look in my head and realise I don't need either very much. <laughs> well, I think you and me both there, Amir. But, yeah. <laughs> but I have to tell you a story. I came back to Adelaide after many years of sailing around the Pacific and I did have a very long hair at the time. And part of the reason I actually went and seek Ida's Council. services, <laughs> council, is that I came back after sailing without able to sail properly because my hair was so long, it was literally lower than my waist <laughs> and I, I couldn't sail anymore. So... I didn't know anyone in Adelaide and the people I was staying with are part of the council, uh, living around the area of the council. And I said, where can I actually get a haircut? And they just said, well, the only, pla- the only place we know is Orb. So I went there and I just went in and said, can I please shave it off? And <laughs> the woman that was taking care of me pretty much was shocked. And she said, well, we don't get many people that just come with long hair and shave it. 
And believe it or not, that was the last time I pretty mm. much went to a hairdresser beside a basic barber if I needed to. And I think that the, the perspective of it is that we get acquainted with the local businesses, mm. we're developing a relationship, we're becoming part of the community. We know people, and if you ask, I've never had a marketing business, a marketing uh, a panel in my business beside my own staff. And when we put in the statistics, because we're all scientists in the clinic and we all love the science, and I think 85% or 89% of our patients are within five to six blocks of our clinic. And that's, that's the culture of what we're looking for. We're looking for the extra service or the trust that we're looking to give or to build with the local community that you're getting an extra value, you're getting a service of returning to uh, service clinics or uh, hairdressers or salons, mm. and you becoming to know each other on a personal level. Building that trust. I think also more importantly, more than ever, it's you know shopping local or staying local is really, really important. And it's just you want to support people in your area. It's just a natural thing. You, you know, you want to see people succeed. And, you know, I think having a business is, has always been putting yourself out there, definitely. But there's so many rewards as well, you know. And that's the – I always try and look at the positive and it's like the relationships that you build, um, the opportunities that you create and the involvement. You know, yeah, I have been in the Christmas pageant many times before and <laughs> all of those things, but it's just great and I've had – you know, some of my staff in there, my clients have been able to have their children. You know, that's just something that feels, it's a really great thing to do and it feels really good. You're, um, I'm going to say a bold personality. You're someone that's uh, able to, to, I think, bring people to you. Do you find that when you've got someone in the chair that you're able to bring that out of them as well? I mean, you're able to engender their creativity and embolden them with something perhaps a little bit more exciting than they were thinking of coming in? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, because they want a piece of what you've got going on. Mm. So it's that sort of you want to make that client feel amazing and push the boundaries a bit. And I guess if there's that sense of trust where it, it always is in um, when you've got clients that have been clients for a long time, it's like they're like, you know, just do whatever you want to do. I think we should do this today or think we should try that or give this a go or, you know, so that's just a natural thing. I say that naturally. I say that it's like a natural thing, but maybe it's not a natural thing. It just feels right. Well, it might be natural if you have pink hair. I yeah. mean, you are coming <laughs> here with a – you've made the statement walking in it, or we, we know. But, uh, Amir, I'm going to throw this one at you, if I may. I mean, the first time I uh, came across Pilates, I was uh, – I don't know, it would have been the early 90s. I'd never heard of it before. But it helped bring me back from a, a, a fairly serious dance injury, along with some physio and, and the treatments I needed. But it was something that was completely new to me. And now Pilates is something that I think it's a word that most people are familiar with. It's it sort of exploded onto the scene around the world and here in Australia. What is it about it that complements physio and, and works so well for people? I wish I could tell you. We don't follow the book. Aha! <laughs> and it's the most amazing thing that you actually can describe the paradigm behind the clinic in our place because... We use Pilates, nothing like the Pilates books or the instructions that you get when you go and take a Pilates course. We all did extensive training into Pilates, but then we take the actual implementation of the devices, of the equipment, realising it towards what the patient or the client that sits in front of us need. 
we invent exercises or management almost 10 times out of uh, 20 clients a day simply because we are able to functionally design what you basically basically need utilizing Pilates. But it's not Pilates. If you look at what we've got in the clinic, it's everything that we possibly could put our hands on will pretty much tap into your management. So it can be Pilates because the most amazing Pilates about exercises with Pilates is that you can actually utilize tensile forces and not compression forces. Mm. You can actually work on specificity on certain limbs in the body and allow the other limbs that might be, or the other sections of the body that might be injured completely rest and not aggravating an existing injury while you're maintaining your mobility or any other strength development that you need. But we do the same thing with almost every equipment we've got. And we've got nearly 600 square meters building that we're pretty much filling it up with every equipment that we possibly can to utilize being a body weight only to a full-on resistance, to a full-on Pilates or to a full-on tubes and rubber bands or even home-based equipment just to be able to give you the best management you possibly can and the most innovative one. But you've got people surely coming to you with different levels of physical fitness, some people with serious injuries, some people with minor complaints, and you evolve that relationship over time and you're obviously trying to get them to the place that they need to be. Surely everything you're doing is going to be individually focused and there'll be no two treatment plans that will look exactly the same. Does that change with the physio that's treating as well in that relationship? Is it just about what the patient needs or is it also about different physios having different approaches and different ways of attacking the same problem? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated question because the patient can be, almost as added said earlier, they can come in one day and they will not have any energy and you need to be the one actually implementing mm. a management that was slightly different than what was pre-planned because you have to adjust what you're actually facilitating on the day according to where the patient is regardless if it's being pain emotional stress and you can take 2020 as the as the emotional stress of the year and you have to still manage to apply the best management towards the goal that the patient needs to actually achieve and as such the vocabulary of exercise or management or treatment sessions or treatment mobilities needs to be able in your arsenal to be able to apply it. Being anything from Pilates or just emotional or conversational support or being on the aspect of just putting them on a bed, a physio bed and treating them. It is, speaking of that emotional support, my son was not at all. But, uh, he's 12 years old and uh, therefore, you know, at an emotionally uh, <coughs> uh, challenging time in his life, he had a bad haircut and had to go to school with that bad haircut. And it can be quite emotionally challenging. And you must see people who've perhaps gone elsewhere in the past, they walk in, and that sense of self-worth is something that you have to help them recreate. Mm -hmm. Do you see these sort of uh, emotional journeys people go through with their hair? I, I, it, people don't always understand how much of your own identity is can be in your hair, or, yeah. or your appearance in general. I think head to toe. I think the whole thing, the whole men, the whole well-being, and it's not just hair, but where we've got, we offer a lot of services, um, and we also, um, you know, some when you're building relationships, it's also about being able to chat and feeling confident. And I guess, you know, we've had a lot of people come in with disastrous hair, in you know, obviously. From not going anywhere. Not, not just us. <laughs> not going anywhere. You know, obviously with COVID and everything, not being able to go out and... Um, and, you know, I think just... 
it's it's just more about how you, it makes you feel, you know, and um, being able to make somebody feel great and have a little bit more confidence is mind-blowing. And it's whether you're a 12-year-old child or a 24-year-old, you know, someone that's just coming out of uni or trying to find a job or all of those sort of things. So it's really important. It's not just, it's not just a haircut. It certainly isn't. I think what I've loved about being back in Nord after all these years, I, I grew up in the area and then I, I travelled interstate and then overseas for many mm. years and I've come back and there's something wonderful about this area that it's changed so much from when I knew it as a young man. But in another way, it feels very much like the same place. There's sort of an, an eternal aspect to the neighbourhood, I find. Do, do, you, do, you, do you sense that as well? Mm, I think... Um I think some things never change. Like when I when I first started, um, there was the, the parade looked completely different. Like, you know, there was no food land, there was supermarkets around the place, but you know, there was no cinema, there was nothing like that. Um, so that's definitely changed. I think the things that still are the same is that, you know, sitting there having coffee. It used to be just across the road, there used to be a couple of benches um, on the other side of the pedestrian lights. And a whole heap of older European men would just sit there and chat on a Friday morning, <laughs> grab their coffee from inside and, you know, it wasn't in Chibo or anything like that. There was nothing like that. You'd often hear a little bit of Italian being spoken or in Greek. the background. Yeah, Italian or Greek, or Greek definitely. <laughs> um, so that's sort of, you know, it's great. And that's, I think that, you know, certainly wasn't any, there wasn't anything like the amount of cafes or anything like that. But now it's like there's a cafe on every corner. So it's sort of the same sort of, there's still that gathering. Do you know what I mean? Like they're still Absolutely. gathering. They're just not gathering on a park bench anymore. They're <laughs> gathering in a cafe, you know. And so there's, there's that. So there's those sort of elements that I don't think um, that feels still very familiar to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I love the fact that it, it feels so vibrant, <coughs> but it also feels like a very safe neighbourhood. Yeah. I'm quite happy wandering down the street with the kids. I'm quite happy just not paying attention necessarily, not always looking around and wondering what's going on. It feels like home mm. still after all mm. these years. And I, I don't know quite how we've managed it in the in the neighbourhood to be um, so, I think, exciting because there's always something happening, particularly on the parade, but all over the neighbourhood. And yet at the same time there is that, that strong sense of of comfort and sort of an inner quiet. I don't know whether it's the trees or or what, whether that'll all be gone when they knock them all down and put the tram lines in or, heaven forbid. No but, tram lines. No tram lines. <laughs> but, uh, I try not to get into the politics there's, of it. Let's not go there. But, you know, <laughs> there is something, yeah, uh, about the whole neighbourhood that seems to work that way. It, I mean, is that what one of the things that attracted you to the neighbourhood? What was it that, that, that drew you here, do you think? I don't know. I think that it was more of a calculated risk. I was looking for a place to open my business while I was doing my studies and still racing and going overseas back and forth. And I wanted this small place that will be very vibrant with a bit of exposure. And that was the parade. That was a perfect solution to the parade. Um, I, I, I think the, the ability that the parade is open long hours, especially if you're willing to be there for long hours. When I came to the parade, supermarket was closing at five o'clock and mm. I came from overseas that nothing closed ever <laughs> and I thought this is this is this is definitely the place if you combine the type of socio-demographic being the diversity that we talked about earlier the culture aspect of 
people that know each other almost by name, people that grew up in the neighborhood. Mm. And even if they went out and established themselves somewhere else, they likely to come back being to raise a family or being to come back and take care of the parents because there's a large mixture of young families and all the residents that are still within the vicinity of the parade. And I think that was the perfect clientele that I would like, I wanted to expose myself to. And it worked a treat. It worked with long hours of work from six o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night. But it, it's definitely what the parade still maintain, even in, even today. You look at the amount of school uh, students that are wandering around the parade, around the parade during school holidays. It's mm. exactly the same feeling that you say, well, wait a minute, there is a lot of young families around. And you can see still on the weekend, the, the, there's so many cafes that the majority of the people that sitting in the cafe early morning are the, the older population, the ones that known each other for years, the ones that still mm. know each other and they know the baristas by the name, they know the barista <laughs> knows what sort of coffee and toast they like. And that's what they, that's what we liked about the parade. It's also really interesting, like I've got nephews and um, I've got your nephews and a niece and this is where they just come out. This is their, their meeting place. Like I just never look at it, like, you know, I, this is my workplace, I live in the area but I don't really, and I do, I always eat out and about but like I just never think that, oh, this is, this is where they come to. So it's, it's also a totally different generation you know, from whether, like you said, Amir, um, school holidays, they still come back here, which is great. So how do you make that work for you? I mean, you and Joe have been doing this for uh, two and a half decades. Mm. Uh, how do you find that work-life balance? Because you're here all the time. I mean, this is home as well as business. So how do you, how do you manage to find that balance for yourself? There's no it, such a thing. No, I was going to say it's a easy. hard one. It's actually easy because... I love it. Like, I don't, I, I, I love it. Um, when I take holidays, I take holidays. When I go away, I go away. But, like, I, I, I it's, it is secure and it does feel safe. So, I, I love it. It's not even, I don't even think twice about it. Yeah, I, I was talking before about being on that autopilot because uh, the bookshop I go to is the same bookshop I've gone Ooh. to for decades. I can't remember how many <coughs> times its name's changed, but that doesn't matter. And I can't get my Yeros from Sam's anymore, but I can get it from Yanni's. Mm. And there's still that that sense that everything is still available here. Yeah. And, I mean, this is exactly what you were alluding to before, this sense of this vibrancy that things are open, things are available week and weekend. So... How do you how do you find that boundary? Because you know you must be dealing with patients at all sorts of hours. Do you ever find time for you within this sort of community? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> at least he's uh, honest, folks. <laughs> uh, it's, it's. I think if I needed the time for me, I would not be doing my business. Mm. And it's not. And it's not a, 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 a heroism statement. It's not. Uh, a magic statement and it's not a lie it, it's the truth um i've got a 14 months old child oh, that okay spends the, said. <laughs> spends the majority of the time in our clinic it's the best place for her to experience the the, the restrictions that covid has actually put to kids her age because it's the best playground for her obstacle ground and she comes across people every day um I, I love seeing my patients, and that's the honest truth. But at the same time, I'm allowing myself to 
go to my clinic when I'm on my own time. So Sundays, believe it or not, I'm there because I need my time to train. I need my time to actually think about um, what I want to do the following week, month or quarter. And that's the quietest time I can actually find considering I've got a 14 months old. <laughs> yeah, you're doomed. <laughs> I think one of the things I love about being here is um, in my business with the winery, with Heartland, I am either in the vineyards, I'll be at the winery or I'll be working in my office and until recently, of course, I'll be travelling around the world promoting mm-hmm. it in the other countries. But I have this wonderful opportunity because we've got a little cellar door experience now where people can come in and buy a couple of bottles and, and chat to me to meet the locals. And as we we're saying, there are so many different types, different flavours of local mm-hmm. um, and, and to really get a sense as to where we are. There are so many other neighbourhoods where you can have an, an office or you can have your, your place of business and never really touch base with the people around you. I don't think that would be possible here. I think you're always going to be, I mean, meeting and and getting to know the names of the people where I get my lunch. I'd have to do that if I was going to a place more than twice in this in this neighbourhood. Otherwise, they'd just give me dark looks for not introducing <laughs> myself. Do you, do you get that sense? I think that, that that's part of the welcome here, that, that this strong sense of community that's felt out here in McGill Road and and. and, and particularly on the parade, which is, the, I think, the cultural heart of the eastern suburbs. Absolutely. And uh, I, don't, I just I think we're lucky. I mean, obviously, I, I sound like a, a very one-eyed Nord supporter right now, which I am a one-eyed Nord supporter, but that's a whole other topic. But oh, look, I don't even follow the footy and I'm a Nord supporter. <laughs> you have no option. I have no option. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even think twice about that. <laughs> you're, you're working with teams of people. It's not just you doing what you're doing. And they're going to be coming from different parts of, of town. Do, does that that sense of community flow on to the people who are working with you as well? Do you do you sense that they they fall in love with the neighborhood the way we all have? I think for myself because we do everything locally. Yeah. It's just a given. So they understand that's what we do. Do you know what I mean? So they're feeling the same because it's what they're being led by. Mm. You know, we if we're having a night in and we're doing a training or something, we go here or, we you know, we go to Grotto or we go to Signature Wines or something like that where you just, you know, so that's what you just do. So I think that, yeah, absolutely they would feel like that. It's interesting for my place because I think in our clinic it's starting to take a effect of slightly the opposite. It's not my staff that trickles down to the parade because they know the parade. The majority of them are Adelaide-based. Admittedly, we've got a few that came from country, country South Australia. But it's more interesting to see that patients that come from very far. So I used to be consultant of Keith and, and Border Town oh, and wow. places that are really outside of Adelaide. And they came to see us here when I stopped going there. And suddenly they sell farm or they're suddenly buying, buying another house around the council, around here, because they are being exposed to the parade. We've got clients that comes to see us as a referral base of a friend, a client, existing client or an orthopedic surgeon that come exposed to us in the clinic, but they're getting exposed to the parade through coming to our clinic. And then they're looking for maybe a house to move into the area here because they found it so appealing and so interesting that they want to be around because it's close to the to the workplace, it's close to all the shopping centre that they need, plus we are there. Well, Amir, 
Well, Ida, thank you so much. I mean, we've talked about how intrinsic to the community Orb is. We've talked about how vital what you're doing is, Amir, and Core Physio, uh, sorry, Core Health, Physio, Very and true. Pilates. Yeah, that, I'm getting my head around that now. Um, these are businesses, these are practices that we desperately need and become intrinsic to the community over time. So thank you for sharing with us today how you find the neighbourhood and how the neighbourhood finds you. Um, and to everyone there watching us, thank you so much for paying attention and we'll see you around the neighbourhood. Uh, cheers, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you.